Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Well, hi there. Thanks, Reverend Roxy. It's great seeing you. Um, I'm excited to hear you're doing a podcast. I just was going to mention that I actually have um, all of my talks up on YouTube also, um, or not on YouTube, on um, iTunes. And so it's actually, it's everything I do. It's the Miracle Shares at the CMC, anytime I teach at the CMC, as well as um, all my programs here. So I actually have, it's three different podcasts, um, but if you just search for Kelly Halleck on iTunes, then that comes right on up. And so I guess we'll be looking for Roxy Benson on iTunes also. So that's great to hear, Roxy, Reverend Roxy, and um, lots of blessings and fun for that. So welcome here to everyone. Uh, this is Reverend Kelly. I do uh, Life Reinvented with Reverend Kelly on Monday. Is that a little um, <clears throat> And as I say, I just kind of I've titled that because I really believe that applying spiritual principles to your life, applying the teachings um, of spirituality, whether it be Course in Miracles or possibly another study, that that can completely reinvent your life. Um, I've done everything from physical change through mental, I've changed careers, I've changed where I live, I've changed relationships with family, relationships with friends. Basically, anything that you can think of to change has changed um, or has been changed through the power of Holy Spirit and through the power of A Course in Miracles and the different studies I've done. So that's actually the theme on my website, too, as long as we're here. Um, if you get changed, I haven't updated that yet, the link for the iTunes, but that also has... Um, all the audio recordings, as well as instead of just audio, um, for the things that I do at the Community Miracle Center, um, there's actually videos there on my, it's a video and audio page. And so you can, if you'd rather watch, you can watch there as well as listen to all my audio recordings and all my ACIM Gather recordings. So there's that. I am the Assistant Minister here at Community Miracle Center. Um, I was ordained through their ordination program in September of 2015, and that's a really, really fun process. It's actually a two-year <coughs> program over the telephone where you get to read through every single bit of the original edition. You get to read the text. You get to read the lessons. You get to read the manual for teachers. You get to read the... Um, Clarification of terms, I don't remember what else, but you could, the, the um, Song of Prayer booklet, the psychotherapy booklet, and after two years, and you do a couple of small little projects, um, after two years, you're ordained through A Course in Miracles, or sorry, through Community Miracle Center as A Course teacher. I say I'm having a little problem with my mic, so if at any point I go out, um, I'll... Yeah, if I have to switch microphones, I'm hoping it lasts, but we've been having a little technical issues with it. But it looks like it's okay at the moment. I just flipped it over, and that seemed to have actually helped. <laughs> Who knew? If you turn, turn a microphone one way, it works better than it works the other way. So, um, so as I said, as I, 
be ordained there. And that's, you know, that's one of those things that life was reinvented, too. I was going through kind of a rough time in my life last year. I'd left my job. I left my church. I left my um, where I was living. And I was actually on personal retreat up in the mountains um, outside of Sacramento. And I came into San Francisco kind of not, not really thinking much about it, thinking, well, I did two years. I might as well go do the ordination. Um, came and got ordained. And from my visit, it came forth for me to actually join here as the assistant minister. So super, super exciting. <coughs> oh, sorry, my throat's a little done. I've had a little bit of cold for the last few weeks, but I'm getting over it. I'm trusting that that is just an appearance that is passing by. But if I have to clear my voice a couple times, I trust you will excuse me for that. So I want to open up with just a little meditation, a little prayer, kind of get us grounded, get us started. And then it is less than a week before Christmas. And I do, uh, I look at a specific theme each month. And so this month, I wasn't here last week. I trust everybody had fun with Reverend Roxy was here and Reverend Tony um, was covering. But I guess him and Roxy actually got to chat together. So that was fabulous. I appreciate Reverend Roxy for doing that. Um, but the previous week, I had talked about what is Christmas. And so we're going to talk a little bit about um, some of the traditions of Christmas today, in particular, giving, um, giving of yourself, giving of gifts, and um, how to transform that into a more positive situation, into a more positive experience if it's a challenge for you. So I want to start off with a little meditation, and then we'll go from there. So... And just invite you to place your hand on your heart. If you're in a safe place where you can close your eyes, I would invite you to do so. Uncross your arms and your legs. And just take a couple of nice deep breaths here. This is actually a song that's based on, um, designed to help ground you, to bring you into focus in the present moment. So just take a nice deep breath, allowing yourself to notice any physical sensations in the body. Noticing maybe there is a little ache or a little pain somewhere. Noticing the feeling of your clothes on your body. Your arm, shirt, your Allow your hair on your hands, maybe the air on your face. The sensation of breathing in and the sensation of breathing out. And by noticing these sensations, we're just simply using it as a tool to bring us present in this moment, to bring our mind focused in the holy instant that is the second, allowing ourselves to release any thoughts of what has been in the past or any thoughts of what we expect to come in the future. We just allow all that to resolve and just noticing our breath, continuing to notice the in and the out. Continuing to notice just anything that arises, 
maybe observing our thoughts. If a thought arises, that's okay. Just allow that thought to come and allow it to pass and to go. It's like a cloud in the sky. It's not permanent. It's not fixed. And you just allow it to go through. You don't grasp at it. Clouds, we don't really have a way of holding on to a cloud. And just like our thoughts, we just allow them to slip through our hands, just noticing that they are, not placing any judgment on them, but allowing ourselves to just notice the thoughts that arise, to notice that they are coming and going. Just take a dense, deep breath again. We just open ourselves to this hour. We're so grateful for the opportunity to join together. Whether we're joining together at this moment or later through a recording, we are blessed and grateful for the opportunity to join in mind, to join in spirit, to heal the world through our minds of joining. We see any thoughts of worry, of concern, any thoughts of busyness, there's any physical discomfort, you release any thoughts of judgment, that that feeling shouldn't be, that that feeling should be different. We release any thoughts if we think, I'm hungry, I'm sore, I'm tired. And we just notice that those are our ways of putting a name on an experience, trying to make it the experience into what we think it is. And so we just allow each moment to come and arise as it is. We just allow each moment to be holy and perfect. We open ourselves to be the lights in the world, to become teachers of God, to become advanced teachers of God, sharing and opening our hearts, knowing that we are all one with each other. And so we allow it to be. We take a couple nice deep breaths. And then say, and so you're ready, open your eyes again. Make sure you feel nice and grounded. As that was at um, Perry Wood. P-E-R-R-Y Wood, W-O-O-T, has a series of songs on chakra balancing, and that one in particular has to do with grounding, <sighs> grounding the root chakra, which for me, I find a lot of times I get quite dizzy and frazzled, and that's been kind of how this day is felt. I'm a little overwhelmed, and so it's nice to just kind of get grounded and present in the moment, and so I really like those songs. So as I mentioned, hopefully everybody's here and present with me again, got their eyes back open. (laughs) Um, I say a lot of times I'll talk throughout the time. If you would like to talk, if you'd like to share something, um, just put a note in the chat area. I do keep an eye open for that. Excuse me. Um, If you'd like the microphone, let me know. Generally, I will watch the chats, and if something comes up, um, I'll try to respond to it throughout the time. 
So, two weeks ago, about the history of Christmas, I think generally in the Western society, we think of it as, you know, Christmas. Obviously, the word Christ is in there. Um, most Christian traditions would associate Christmas with the birth of Jesus. Now, it's interesting. I did some research on it. And, so, you know, there are, there are some Christian sects that don't celebrate it. Um, I think modern day, we're most familiar with a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses do not celebrate ho- um, the holidays. Um, Puritans also do not celebrate Christmas. And yet, a lot of non-Christians do celebrate it. Um, as a secular holiday. There's a lot of question and debate as to why it was chosen to be December 25th. There's actually some who celebrate it instead on January 7th, as um, depending on which calendar you follow. But generally it's considered, there's a couple of theories. One is that it was being merged with the winter solstice holiday, and it was an attempt to Christianize the pagan holiday of the winter solstice. Um, there's some thoughts that people believe that Mary conceived Jesus on a certain date. This would be nine months later, um, although pregnancies generally are not exactly nine months. But it's kind of an interesting situation. Until really this last century, Christmas was not widely celebrated. I mean, there was an acknowledgement of the holiday, but such as like in England, most of the customs that we would associate with Christmas were not really um participated in by individuals are the upper class. Soviet regime, regimes um, actually banned Christmas for quite a few years. So it's, it's, even though it seems like it's, you know, you go, well, the birth of Jesus, that would have been, you know, 2,000 years ago, it really has, as a commercial holiday, as an as a American holiday, has really taken off within this last century. Now, Christmas Miracles does, of course, address Christmas in a few different places. It talks about the Christmas star. If you get a chance to listen, um, yesterday's Community Miracle Center Sunday service, um, Reverend Peter actually talked about the Christmas star. That was the title of his talk. And so every Sunday we have speakers here. Um, But he was talking about the Christmas star. He talked about the passage that references that. I'm just picking up a little quote that we talked about last week. was from the fourth chapter of the original edition. And it says, You have never understood what the kingdom of heaven is within you. means the word within is unnecessary. The kingdom of heaven is you. What else but you did the creator create? And what else but you is his kingdom? This is the whole message of the atonement a message which in its totality transcends the sum of its parts. Christmas is not a time, it is a state of mind. And so I think, you know, we, we obviously we do celebrate or seem to celebrate, obviously if you believe time is an illusion, I'm going to say seems to celebrate. Um, we seem to celebrate a specific day, a specific time as the Christmas season. But ultimately Christmas isn't, about the date. If you think about it, the calendar is really arbitrary. The, you know, the fact that it's called December. I don't even know how we came up with the word December. I'm sure it came from another language. And who knows where that language came up with the word December. Um, how do we, you know, why is one month have 31 days and one half 30? I have no clue. It all seems pretty arbitrary. I know there's scientific reason for it. But you know, ultimately, whether we were to call December, t- December, you know, Christmas December 25th, 
or whether we called it, you know, the month of the gopher and it was the 29th day. It doesn't really, you know, the name of the date really is arbitrary as to what we call it, but it's a time of celebrating. It's a time of holiday season. And I think the Course is not, you know, denying that we have the experience. And it talks, like I said, it talks about other parts of the holiday season. But it's talking about the truth, the, the heart of what Christmas. The heart of Christmas isn't about the month of December. The heart of Christmas is extending and receiving love. It's extending and seeing that the kingdom of heaven, that God is expressing itself as you, that God is expressing itself as your neighbor, that every one of us are one with God and we're one with each other. And that's the truth of what Christmas is about. And so that's where it comes into it's a state of mind. You know, you hear often, I, um, I've am i looked at quite a few studies for various reasons over the years. I know that, you know, a lot of times, when they've done, like, happiness evaluations. Some of the richest countries have the lowest level of happiness. And then countries, not necessarily, you know, I'm not talking third third, third world countries where, you know, you, you know, the chance your child's going to survive past the age of two is slim. Um, but I'm talking about countries that are, you know, at least, you know, have a, have a minimal standard of living, um, where they're, where they're, you know, they're able to function and survive, a lot of times those communities are happier because they're more focused on relationships. They're more focused on family. They're more focused on community than the richer com- countries, which tend to start having a lot of focus on the material wealth, on the outside, on the things, on the possessions. And so I really think Course in Miracles just is affirming that, that, you know, that it's not about dressing up the tree. It's about the relationships that you're building. And if decorating the tree becomes a means of joining with your family, of feeling like you are connected to one another, then that's awesome. And that's totally supported by the Course. But just recognize that the act of decorating the tree in and of itself is not what it's about. So that was kind of what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, I want to talk this week, um, and I want to put up some questions for you before I give you actually a section on the course. Um, and we want to talk about gift giving and financial aspects. I know some people are really, really efficient. I know generally my mom is done with her Christmas shopping by Thanksgiving. I know that growing up, my dad and I were usually at the mall on December 24th, you know, with me holding on to his hand because you know, I was fairly young, you know, trying to shove our way through the crowd so that we could get the Christmas stockings filled for my mom. Um, so, you know, it was always quite a different experience of what my mom had compared to what my dad had um, because they just approached the gift-giving process different. But what are some of the beliefs? And I'm just going to give you a moment here to think about it on your own. Um, and in the chat room, feel free to type in your response here. Um, what are your beliefs around gift giving and possibly financial aspects related to that? So if I said to you, you know, what do you think about gift giving? What do you like about giving gifts at Christmas? What do you dislike about giving gifts about Christmas? 
you think there's certain rules that you have to follow when you're giving gifts at Christmas. Maybe you just think of two or three. Maybe you have more. I'm going to share. I've got, I've got quite a few. I'm going to share some of them that I came up with. I think one that's very, very common often is, you know, the gift has to be expensive for it to express love to another person. How often do we go, oh, I don't want to be cheap. I, I, I can't, I, you know, I, I don't want to be cheap. I need to go buy, you know, such and such a gift for my family member. I don't want them to think I don't care because I didn't spend a lot. That's a big one. We got to spend money. We got to go into debt. Or parent debt, you know, we have to we have to use these little things we call credit cards to buy big expensive gifts so that the person knows that they're loved. What about the idea that we have to give to certain people? We have to give something to our family members. We have to give something possibly to our employer. We have to give something to our friends. We have to give something to every person who gives a gift to us. I remember I used to be in a job. It was it was, it was a very high pressure job, and it was everybody was always trying to outdo each other. And I would frequently I would have, um, you know, I would I would get a similar gift for everybody in the office, or not even everybody in the office, but certain people in the office. I would get those like, um, you know, like from Costco or or Sam's Club, the coffee. And it would have some candy in it and some hot chocolate mix and this and that. And I would wrap it up in, um, like, cellophane paper or something like that. And then, you know, and I had a couple of people I'd give them to. But then I always bought, like, a couple of extras, and I would have them in my car. And then if somebody came up and gave me a gift, I would be like, oh, you know, I've got your gift in the car. I'll give it to you later. And I'd give it to them soon enough so that they knew I hadn't had time to go to the store. But I totally had not planned on giving that person a gift until they gave me one. And I was like, oh, no, I have to, I have to, I have to give a gift in return. Um, we have to participate. Here's, here's a thought. I have to buy a gift for, for each party or secret Santa or gift exchange that I'm invited to. I have to participate in every gift exchange that people want me to participate in. I had one year at work. I don't remember what happened, but it was like we had a we had an office gift exchange, and then we had a full gift exchange, and then we had something else. The next thing I knew, it was like over $100, and every gift exchange was like, oh, $20 to $25 each. Next thing I knew, I was like $100 in for gift exchanges that I didn't even care about. You know, how often do we do that? Um it can't be a practical gift. There's a, a company, it's called Shanko Jewelry Company in San Francisco. And their whole commercial series right now is they'll be like, Tom, I, you know, I have your girlfriend, Mary, on the phone. And I'm going to tell Mary that you plan on getting her a you know, washing machine. And then Mary's like, oh, Tom, no, don't get me a washing machine. It's too practical. You know, and their whole advertising is you need to buy diamonds for your woman. You need to buy diamonds for your girlfriend because you can't get them a practical gift for Christmas. And you can't get them a cheap gift for Christmas. Oh, goodness, no. 
you know, so think about that. Don't want to give something practical. The other one is, is on there, and I've had this happen, you don't want to give them a gift that you want if it's your significant other. Um, I'll tell you, it caused a little friction. My ex-husband, I forgot what it was, but I remember he a couple times he bought gifts for Christmas for me that I knew were things he wanted. So I, you know, I can't, I can't think why. Well, I was like, he bought a game system one year, I think, for Christmas, and said, "Oh, honey, I bought you this game system." I wasn't that much into gaming. He was. Um, so yeah, we have this idea of like, oh, I can't get a gift if I'm gonna get any pledge from it. It's just gotta be just for the other person. You know, and then this idea of, you know, um, I mean, there's a lot of other beliefs. I, I've got, I've got probably 15 here written down. Um. Yeah, must make sure that the gift arrives well before December 25th. It has to be wrapped pretty with papers and bows. It probably should be better than last year's. It can't be something that was re-gifted. <coughs> it should be a surprise. It shouldn't be something that the person expected or helped you pick out. Um, so, yeah, those are lots and lots of beliefs and thoughts that we have about Christmas. Now I said, you know, those are, I've mentioned a bunch. Maybe take two or three of those thoughts and beliefs. Or even just take one for now. Take one. I'm going to take the one must be expensive to show our love. And just kind of, this is based on the Byron Katie work. If you think about that, if you think about that belief you have about gift giving, how does that make you feel? How does it make you act? How does it make you feel? And how does it make you act? And you think about it. So like I said, I was, um, has to be expensive. It drives me crazy. <laughs> I mean, not literally. That might be a little bit of an exaggeration. It feels like I'm going crazy, though, because what? Maybe I don't have finances to cover this year. And so then I'm trying to figure out how do I get something that looks expensive but isn't going to put me too far into debt. Or how many months is it going to take me to pay off that credit card? And suddenly, instead of enjoying buying this gift, I'm stressing out trying to figure out how to pay for it. And then I have a fear, what if they don't like it? Well, if they don't like the gift, and then maybe they're not going to love me in return. Maybe I'm not going to get the reaction I want. Maybe they're going to be upset at me. And let's be honest, when somebody's upset at us, it's not usually that we're saddened that they're upset, we don't like the experience we have. And so that, it's like when you start looking at that, it becomes selfish. I need to give them an expensive gift to get their love. It becomes very, very stressful. And I would just suggest, what would a Christmas be like for you or what would a Hanukkah or Kwanzaa, whatever you're celebrating this year, be like if you gave up those beliefs? If you just said, I'm going to sit into this, I'm going to allow myself to give gifts to those who I want. I'm going to gratefully receive gifts from those who choose to give them to me. I don't have an expectation of who should give me a gift or what they should give me. I'm just grateful for the experience of expressing love to those I want to and I feel led to give love to. 
and I receive the love that's expressed back to me. It's a lot different experience, potentially, when you start looking at it that way. Allow yourself just to have an experience of peace and calmness and joy and happiness. So I want us to look a little bit, Lesson 105, and then pop up. Um, I've actually got four of the paragraphs from Lesson 105. And I'll read through them for those of you listening on the audio recording later. For those of you who are in the chat room now, um, I am putting those up there for you to see. And paragraph one says, God's peace and joy are yours. Today we will accept knowing they belong to us. And we will try to understand these gifts increase as we receive them. They are not like the gifts the world can give, in which the giver loses as he gives the gifts, and the taker is the richer by his loss. These are not gifts, but bargains made with guilt. So that's what I was talking about a minute ago. When you are giving a gift with the expectation of receiving, you're giving the gift with the thought of, I'm going to give this gift, and then that person's going to love me in response. I'm going to give this gift with the expectation that they're going to give me a gift in return. And maybe you don't think that way, but I'll say, if you, and I've had this experience, I have a family member who for years now has generally ignored, um, has ignored giving anything on the holidays. She just doesn't. She has not, I honestly, I don't remember the last Christmas gift she's given me. But I'll tell you, very, very quick to receive gifts from the family. Um, my mom a couple of days ago called and said, hey, I need your phone, your address. And she called back within probably less than two minutes and was like, oh, I have your address. Are you sending, I have my address. Are you sending me something? And yet, typically when my mom leaves messages, it takes several days sometimes to get a response. But this particular family member, you know, so for years I kept sending gifts, sending gifts, sending gifts. And after so many years, I've always said, you know what, I'm not going to send a gift anymore. And it, I'll say when I first made that decision, the thought was because they never send anything back. And I'll say it wasn't about the it wasn't about the receiving of the gift. It was about the what I felt was disrespect and a lack of love being demonstrated. So it was, why do I want to give to this person when they don't care about me? Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't know what I, I hadn't really decided what I was going to do this year. However, that person made that decision for me in that I don't have um, contact with them. I don't, I don't have, um, they've chosen to not have contact because they're doing, they're, they're doing whatever they want with their life, and that's cool. Um, so, you know, but, <coughs> oh, sorry about that. <coughs> oh, I just suddenly got a little cough there. Um, so that person's decided now that we're not going to exchange, you know, they just have excluded me from their life. And that's totally okay. I'm okay with that. Um, I actually feel that, you know, some of the energy that that person brought wasn't the most positive for me. But I also realized that when I first started saying I don't want to give a Christmas gift, a lot of it had to do with that thought of I was creating a bargain with guilt. 
And that's not the gifts that God gives. God gives us gifts. God gives us peace. God gives us joy. God gives us happiness. And the more peace and joy and happiness we get, the more we give. And the more we give, the more we receive. And it becomes a cyclical thing where it's a constant giving and receiving is a constant um, is a constant, um, oh my goodness, I thought of the word. It's a constant cycle. It's a constant loop. There we go. Um, of the accepting and receiving of everything that we have. Okay, Lynn Johnson got to that one before me. Thanks, Lynn. Um, and, yeah, we can, you know, that would probably be better for the show before me. But <laughs> um, giving and receiving is a beautiful thing. It's, it's that joy, uh, idea of joy and love and peace just grows, not something that we give and we lose. And so going on to this next paragraph here, says the truly given gift entails no loss. It is impossible that one can gain because another loses. This implies a limit and an insufficiency. No gift is given thus. Such gifts are but a bid for a more valuable return. A loan with interest to be paid in full, a temporary lending meant to be a pledge of debt, to be repaid with more than was received by him who took the gift. Which is an interesting idea because that's saying it's not only do we expect a return when we give a gift, but we're expecting um, even more than what we gave. Um, and so ultimately, it's, it's, as I said, a lot of times the gift giving in um, modern culture ends up being a very selfish thing. It's for the purpose of me getting, me wanting, me having, me getting more. The strange distortion of what giving means pervades all levels of the world you see. It strips all meaning from the gifts you give and leaves you nothing in the ones you take. Think about that for a moment. I'm just going to pause there. Think about that. When the thought is, I'm giving this gift so that you will give back to me, whether it's you're going to give back to me another gift, whether it's going to be you're giving back to me because you're giving love, you're going to give back to me because I'm getting um, special treatment from you. Maybe it's I'm getting back from you finances. Maybe I'm getting some sort of favor from you. If my intention of giving is I'm giving to get back, it completely destroys the gift that we've given. And it completely destroys the joy of the gift you've received. If you're thinking the person is giving you a gift, if your experience, let me rephrase that, if your experience, if your thought is, I give gifts to get, and even if this thought's at a subconscious level, I'm giving this gift to get, I'm giving this gift to get love, I'm giving this gift to get, you know, reimbursed, whatever it is. Your expectation, even if on a subconscious level, is that everybody else is doing the same. 
that which you believe about yourself is what you will expect of others. That which is within will be your experience of what is without. That which you hold in your mind becomes your projected experience. And so if your thought is, I give gifts, like I said, this could be even subconscious, I give gifts to get love, to get a gift back, to get a promotion at work, to get noticed by my boss, to get noticed by my friends, so that I can be the favorite child in the family. When you receive a gift, your thought is, this person wants something from me. This person wants my love. This person's trying to manipulate me to, so that I give them a gift back. This person is wanting me to spend time with them. Whatever it is, the thoughts becomes because your experience is I'm giving to get. When you receive, your thought is they are giving to get. And so you lose not only the joy of giving because you're having to keep track in your mind of how much they owe you, but you lose the joy of being able to accept a gift. And think about that. How much of a challenge is that? So many people say, I would rather give gifts away than receive them. How many times has someone given you a gift and you felt uncomfortable with that? And a teacher is really strong about, like, if someone gives you a gift, you say thank you and you accept it and you be quiet after that. Just sit there and say thank you. I'm so grateful for the gift. Don't say, oh, you shouldn't have. They should have. They wanted to. Don't say, oh, my gosh, you know, I didn't, I'm sorry, I didn't get you anything. Because then you're making it a bargain. If a gift's given to you, allow yourself to be open just to receive the gift. Be willing to open to receive the blessing that they want to share with you. Allow them to have the experience of extending love to you and allow yourself to have the experience of accepting that love. It says, it made to reverse your way of giving so you can receive. Forgiving has become a source of fear. And so you would avoid the only means by which like I said, it becomes fearful when you're starting to think, well, if I give them something, they owe me. But if they give me something, I owe them. Now it's a whole bargaining system. It's a whole, bar- I don't want to say bargaining, it's, it's more of a barter system. If I give this to you, what are you giving me in return? Well, if I give this to them, what happens if they give me something bigger? Well, now I'm going to owe them more. But I wanted them to give me more. Now, since they gave me more, I owe them more. You get in this vicious cycle of not being able to just say thank you. As an expression of God, in God, and giving to itself, just allow that to be. Allow this person who is an expression of God to give to you who is an expression of God. And be willing to give a gift to that expression of God that is before you, that seems to be a different person, but that you recognize 
is a holy child of God also. Take away all the craziness. Take away all the giving to get. Courses are big about that. Give up this idea that when you give, you have to receive in return. Give because you know there's an abundance, that there is a universe that's there waiting to provide for you, that you have everything you need and everything you're provided for. And if you feel led and guided to give, then give with joy and happiness. And don't hold on to any expectation that you need to get in return. Paragraph 4 says, accept God's peace. This is, again, Lesson 105 still. Accept God's peace and joy, and you will learn a different way of looking at a gift. Think of that. Accept God's peace and joy, and you will learn a different way of looking at a gift. God's gifts will never lessen when they are given away. They but increase thereby. Now, does that mean we don't give anything at Christmas? We're just giving God's gifts. No. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you can't give gifts. But give them through a space of peace and joy. Give them from a space of calmness. I'll say today, I got frazzled in the office. We're, we're moving, which is a big, exciting adventure we're starting on. The CMC starting. We're, we're moving across town. But there's 30 years of history here. There's 30 years of furniture here. There's 30 years of having an online bookstore here. Probably wasn't online 30 years ago, but you know what I mean. There's 30 years of the same minister here. Reverend Tony Ponticello has been here 30 years almost. You know, he has how many troll dolls on his desk. But, you know, he, when you work at a place for 30 years, you tend to get, you know, little knickknacks and pictures and papers and personal stuff. And, you know, there's 30 years of that here. There's a lot for us to do. There's a monthly magazine that needs to go out. Or I won't say needs to go out. There's a monthly magazine we get out. We're trying to get Christmas cards to all of our members. We're trying to do, you know, this and that. And I just got overwhelmed. I just got overwhelmed this afternoon. And so I stopped. And by that time, I could tell my dog was getting a little fidgety. And so I just took her for a walk. And I just, during that walk, allowed myself to relax, to know that God's peace and God's joy is always present, that God's peace and God's joy is always available. And then as I allow that to come within to my heart, as I allow that to come within to my life, I can open up and move into a place of calmness where I could come back and be effective in sharing that with my colleague and with all our members. And so we're working on our Christmas cards today. <laughs> it says, as heaven's peace and joy intensify when you accept them as God's gift to you, so does the joy of your creator grow when you accept his joy and peace as yours. <coughs> oh, sorry. So that's just continuing, you know, same, same thought, same theory. That love and peace and joy are not limited Love and peace and joy are not diminished when you give it to another. I know sometimes we go into jealousy and think, oh, well, that person loves so-and-so more than they love me. You know, um, 
my my parents love you know my my sister is the favorite sister of the family, you know that kind of thought or oh you know um, <sighs> try to get our examples. Um, my boyfriend doesn't love me enough. Um, you know whatever it is when we start comparing love and how much someone loves us. It's such a crazy concept because love isn't something that's divided. Love isn't something that is minimized because there's more love being extended. The more love that's extended to what seems to be an individual, the more that love that's extended into the universal collective it is. And so we need to allow ourselves to open up. And give something that brings peace, that supports us in being peaceful, that supports us in being joyful, without any expectation of return, without thinking, oh, I need to spend this much money. Because that's just a made-up rule. That's a made-up rule. And it's a rule that we create just to create stress in our own lives. Let's go let go of those rules. Let's just give from a place of peace and joy. And when you extend the peace and joy to others, it just returns to you. And as we accept peace and joy, it says heaven's peace and joy also intensifies. Think of that as we accept God's peace and joy and share it with others. It's also shared with heaven. It's an exciting prospect. It's an exciting thought. And I would say, you know, kind of this little thought that I've been saying, look at your thoughts about Christmas, not only about finances, but just about your activities, you know. Maybe you're gifting someone with your time. Maybe you're gifting them with your energy. Really have Christmas parties? And maybe you think you do. But I would really suggest to you that everything we do is always a choice. There is no I have to. Now, it may seem that the predicted outcome is one that you don't want to risk having. And that's okay. Maybe you think, well, if I don't go to my work party, you know, my boss is going to be upset at me. And if that's your belief and that is disturbing to you, then go to the party. Party. Oh, excuse me, but allow yourself to acknowledge that that is still a choice. It's a choice to go. Allow yourself to just really start looking at and acknowledging when are you making decisions? When are you making choices? When are you excusing? making choices that aren't loving, making choices that are stressful under the guise of, well, I have to. It's what's expected of me. It's what's always in. And what can you do to release those thoughts? What can you do that would make it a more joyful and peaceful and happy holiday? 
Just breathing that in for a moment. Just allowing, allowing us to just kind of contemplate that. How much happier is our holiday when we give up the I shoulds, I must, I have to. And just allow it to be an extension of joy and peace. It feels really good. So I'm just going to invite you. We're kind of starting to wind down here a little bit. we got about 12, 14 minutes left. I want to do a little closing meditation with you. So just invite you again. Allow yourself just take a couple deep breaths here. If you're able and it's a safe time, safe place, go ahead and close your eyes. Maybe uncross your arms and hands. Uncross your legs and your feet. So that you're just an open channel to receive. Focus on your hands, focus on the openness, focus on your posture, and just slowly and with intent, say, I am open to give, and I am open to receive. open to give and I am open to receive I am open to giving gifts of joy and peace to my brother and to my sister I am open to giving a gift without any expectation of return. I am open to giving a gift without any judgment on it. I am open to giving the gift which I feel led to give. And then also be willing to receive. I am willing to accept and receive joy and peace into my life. I am willing to receive a gift from my brothers and sisters. I am willing to be grateful to receive any gifts without expecting that I have to give in return. I am willing to receive a gift with full gratitude 
with full acceptance and joy in my heart and life. And so just breathe that in again. Hmm. We just send and send love and gratitude to any and all beings who we may encounter, whether they're within our lives or those beings who maybe we never see in person, but we know that we are all one with them, that we are one with every person who appears to be on this planet, with every living thing, with everything and everyone that is outside of us. We know that they are all projections and manifestations of God, creators, creations of our thoughts. As we open our hearts and minds to just celebrate the season, to have Christmas be a state of mind, to have it be a time of joy and peace and happiness and harmony and love. We release any expectations that someone needs to give us a gift or a certain type of gift. We release any thought that we are bound and forced to give a certain type of gift or to give a gift to certain people in certain circumstances. But rather we allow ourselves to open up to love and joy and peace within us, we allow ourselves to just be recipients of the joy and beauty that is. And so we give gratitude and thanks in our hearts for the season. We give gratitude and thanks for our sisters and brothers and the opportunity to join together during this holiday season. We thanks for all those who have gathered here today or will gather with us in the future through the audio recordings. And so we just allow it to be. And with grace and gratitude, we allow it all to just be perfect. And so it is. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me on this. I'm excited about the holiday season. There's lots going on. There's lots of opportunities for me to get to join with people this next week. Um, Community Miracle Center, we're actually having Christmas Eve at my house. We have Christmas actual day here at the Community Miracle Center. Um, the following week, we've got Kwanzaa service. I looked right in the middle of all this. starts, I believe, on the 24th. The winter solstice is on the 21st. So I know sometimes those holidays kind of get spread out. It ends up the winter solstice, Hanukkah, Christmas, and Kwanzaa all start within a five-day period. Each one starts on a different day. So it's kind of exciting. We'll get four out of five days starting Wednesday. 
will be the start of another holiday, another opportunity to join with our brothers and sisters. So as I mentioned, I am the assistant minister here at Community Miracle Center. <coughs> oh. I'm just putting up our website. It's miracles, M-I-R-A-C-L-E-S dash course dot org. And that is the miracles web. We have everything from... Oh, what do we have? We've got the online bookstore, to, um, which has a lot of things other than just the online books. But I mean, we've got um, the 2017 calendars. There's perpetual calendars. There's the pause bracelets. There's lots and lots and lots of stuff. Some really great gifts there. Um, so you might want to check that out, as well as there's information about the classes that the C offers, which, as I mentioned, that's how I was ordained as a Course in Miracles minister. Um, there is, I'm trying to think, there's tons and tons of articles, um, which are largely the talks that our ministers have done here at the CMC. But there's also like a um, frequently asked questions section where Reverend Tony addresses different issues and questions around A Course in Miracles. And so you can definitely check that out um, also. As I mentioned, my website is kellyhallock.com, K-E-L-L-Y. Hallock, H-A-L-L-O-C-K, dot com. Um, on that, there's my blog. I haven't blogged in a couple weeks because it has been busy. Um, and I've just been doing some other things. But there are a lot of blogs there. There's also some recipes, actually, along with the blogs. Um, my blogs do focus on A Course in Miracles and just simple, practical applications of it. Um, that includes, you know, I've talked a couple blogs recently. There's a couple blogs on the police shootings of um, individuals regarding um, that because I actually used to be in law enforcement. And so it's a little bit different perspective of, yeah, I, I think it was called I used to be a police officer and now I'm a minister. And looking at the police shootings from that perspective. I also have some blogs on um, the recent election, including why it doesn't really matter, was one of um the blogs, as well as I'm okay with President-elect Trump. And before you get upset and riled about that, I would offer that you go read the article, um, and you'll understand what I mean by that. So that those are some things there. I am here at Community Miracle Center as the assistant minister, and so you can always join us on Sundays for Sunday service. We are going to be moving over the next couple of weeks. So if you're interested in coming, make sure you contact us if you're not familiar with where we are at. But definitely check it out. Um, as I mentioned, um, I do have also now on iTunes, and I've tried searching it by Reverend Kelly, and it's not coming up. But if you go onto iTunes and search just for my name, Kelly Halleck, K-E-L-L-Y, Halleck, H-A-L-L-C-K, there are audio recordings of all of the talks I give, both here on ACM Gather as well as in person at the Community Miracle Center. Um, the nice thing about iTunes is once you've signed up, if you sign up for the podcast, then that podcast will continuously update for you. So next, you know, if you signed up today, next Wednesday or Thursday, you, it would suddenly you would see next week's um, 
Life Reinvented with Reverend Kelly would pop up into your computer wherever you've got your iTunes set up. So it's a really, really awesome way of um, also taking the, the, the calls or, or the programs with you. That if you're not able to always get on ACM Gather at this time, it gives you the opportunity to check it out, um, to check it out during a, um, when it's more comfortable for you. I should, I was trying to think of a word there. We'll just say when it's a better time for you. Um, so it's kind of a nice alternative also. Or if you just want to hear a replay, you can check that out there. So those are those. Um, Reverend Roxy was right before me. She is also one of our ministers here at Community Miracle Center. There is a whole bunch of, um, of our ministers, including our executive minister, Reverend Tony, is on Friday evenings on festive Fridays. Um, there's quite a few of our ministers are actually on throughout the week. And so I just put a link there. You can check that out. That has a schedule for ACIM Gather. It is a joint project with One Mind Foundation, which is Reverend, not Reverend. I saw, I saw Ordain Lynn Johnson because she's so amazing. Um, <laughs> I just want to call her my little angel. So Lynn Johnson and Dub Fishman with One Mind Foundation and Community Miracle Center are um, working together and sponsoring a Sam Gather. So lots of blessings, lots of love. I started a couple minutes early, and so it looks like I'm, I used to be an hour and two minutes. I'm going to let Lynn Johnson take it over. I'm not sure exactly what's after, and but I'm sure whatever it is, it will be amazing because she does an amazing job with the programming. And love and blessings, and I look forward to seeing you all next week. Have a great holiday. Um, great Christmas, great Hanukkah, winter solstice, or Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate before I talk to you next. Bye-bye.